Hi, everybody. So this is a bonus episode for you guys from my other podcast, The Next Take Podcast, where we are currently covering All Black History Month. So what you can expect with this episode is we're talking about civil rights leaders. So I won't give anything away as to who we're going to be discussing, but I hope you do enjoy and for, you know, you know what? I'm not going to say anything more. I want you guys to enjoy the episode. So this episode is actually releasing a week after. Um, this episode has released on our Next Take podcast feed. So this, um, so just so you um, have an idea, if you want to hop on to the podcast, we are doing a full month for Black History Month. I think that is how it should be. So our very first episode of our Black History Month was, was um, two weeks ago. Oh, I'm recording this early. I'm recording this even before this episode even, is even being released. So I haven't figured out dates per se. So I think, so our first episode, so that would have been three weeks ago. Our first episode for Black History Month was Black Inventions. So we definitely had fun talking about um, the Black inventors who created these inventions. Uh, I very much enjoy talking about my two. Um, and uh, I think if you are interested in that and having your mind blown um, as to, you know, some of these inventions by Black people, um, definitely hop on over there. That's our first episode, which would have been released, I believe, on February 1st. Um, again, we're ahead. So that even had that hasn't even um, been post, uh, been released as of the time that I'm recording this. Um, and then, um, this week, the second week was our civil rights, um, episode, which you're getting now. And then going forward the, this week's episode. So the week that you're getting this, this week's episode will be a little more of a tough one. So I would say there is going to be a blanket trigger warning for that episode. We on top of the episode, but we are going to be having hard conversations about some of the deaths that shaped not only the civil rights movement, but as well as the Black Lives, uh, Black Lives Matter movement as well. So um, that is definitely going to be a tougher episode, but I think that it's an important conversation to have. So you can expect that if you are interested in, in the podcast in general, you can definitely hop over there and that will be released on that feed. And then going forward the rest of the month, next week, we're going to be talking about Black people in arts. So we're definitely going to definitely come back down a little bit and not be too, you know, too trigger warning <laughs> with, with that. It's going to be a little bit more of a fun episode. Um, and then we end off our month with the Black Lives Movement. So that's what you can expect with the Black Lives um, History Month. So I would, um, if you're interested, if you like what you hear with this episode, I would definitely hop over there. I will be putting all of the links that are important for you to have um, will be with this episode. I will kind of hang back with the reality T um links and whatnot, there will be strictly a next take podcast bonus episode for you guys. This is something again as mentioned I'll be doing moving forward. So what you can expect for the next time you'll get this. So um the next 
full bonus episode you'll get for the next take podcast will be um, in April. I think I have pretty much an idea of what I want to talk, what I will give you guys in April. Um, but um, you will get a quick little bonus episode in March because I think it's important to talk about. I think, you know, probably a lot of my listenership is women and um, maybe also out there women love Broadway. So, so we will be with that. Hopefully this makes sense because I have to take a quick break. Um, so with that, we will be doing 10 minute sneak peeks or whatever to each episode in March where we'll be doing um, a women's focused episode with women's month or day. I'm not sure which it is. Um, and then we'll also be doing a 10 minute sneak peek into our Broadway episode, um, which is both in March. Um, so that will be coming out to you about a week or so after the Broadway episode is aired, um, is released on our other feed, which would be in the middle of March. So you can expect that those two episodes will be combined together as one, um, but you'll be getting 10 minutes each, which is about 20 minutes. Um, and then you'll get the full episode in April. But anyways, that's what's to be expected. Without further ado, um, let's hop into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and I will talk to you soon with one of our episodes. What's up, everyone? This is the Next Day Podcast, episode 19 with Mikhail and... And Sneka. Where we have conversations on different topics. So welcome to another edition of our Black History Month theme episode. Uh, last week was based on, you know, inventors. And today we're doing civil rights leaders. Is that right, Tanika? Yes, we are. And as mentioned last week, I am taking a little turn with that. Um, at least for one of the people I'm talking about. So shall we start this uh, episode? Sure. So I gave you guys a little clue as to who I might be talking about. And I mentioned that he comes from a musical or you may have heard of him from a musical. Mm. And that musical is Hamilton. Mm. I'm going to be talking about John Lawrence. Now, if you've seen Hamilton, you might be freaking. I don't know. But I'm so fascinated by John Lawrence and kind of what he wanted to achieve that I wanted to talk about him at some point. And I thought maybe this was appropriate. That's what I'm going to talk about. So... A little history on John Lawrence. So he was born October 28th, 1754 in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he died in, on August 27th, 1782 in Comby River, south of Charleston. Um, he died technically after the Revolutionary War, once 
everything was, you know, kind of in the agreement process, I believe, he was killed by British officers. Um, so that's what happened. And um, so with that said, he was an American Revolutionary War officer who served as aide de camp to General George Washington. Um, so just a little more of a kind of a history. So this is, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about him. And I do want to talk about why I wanted to talk about him. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Because I said I am taking a little turn here. Um, mm. So John was a son of Henry Lawrence, who was an American statesman who aligned himself with the Patriot cause at an early date. John was educated in England, and he returned to America in 1777 when he joined Washington's military family alongside Alexander Hamilton and Marquis de Lafayette, which I might talk about him in a future episode as well. Um, mm. He's actually from France. Um, so at this time, the elder Lawrence, which was the father, um, was serving as, as the president of the Continental Congress, and John was entrusted with the delicate duty of serving as Washington's confidential secretary, a task which he performed with much tact and skill, let's say. Um, so he did fight, so I think despite what the play says, what the, what the show says, he did battle alongside Washington at Yorktown. Because I think they kind of make that look like he wasn't there, but he was actually there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little confusing, but that is to be expected with the show. If you are a history buff and you want to understand a little more about the timeline, you should definitely read stuff because the timeline is all messed up on the show. Um, it just kind of aided to the storytelling, I guess. Um, so where I kind of wanted to really talk about Lawrence was his wanting to create an all-black battalion and maybe how that wasn't exactly possible due to the slave trade. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but before I do... I do want to talk about this because I think um, for those people who watch the show might have this question. Did Lawrence actually duel Charles Lee? He did. He did duel Charles Lee. Hamilton was his second. The difference is, is Aaron Burr was not Charles Lee's second. He was mm. never there. It was someone else. Um, again, just aided to the storytelling, I guess, with the show. Aaron Burr was never involved. From my understanding, I think Aaron Burr wasn't even in the States. I think he was actually in Quebec. If you've watched the show, you might understand why I say that. But I don't think he was actually even there. But anyways, that's what that's the point. Um, they actually had a trial after the duel. Like, they got in trouble. They got in some mm -hmm. serious trouble after that. But anyways, with the, the situation with the All Black Battalion... The, the issue kind of came because, like I said, that wasn't possible with the slave trade. And he was trying to say, listen, we're all not going to be free unless everyone, including black people, 
have the same freedoms as as white people. So he was very, very big on on that. Unfortunately, it didn't always work. It didn't work. He wasn't able to actually get it done. Um, I mean, I think eventually that does actually, well, obviously that does happen, but it happened long past his death. And I think with the aid of like Alexander Hamilton, I think even George Washington, even though George Washington has a little bit of a skeletons in his closet when it comes to slaves. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the rumor is he probably did. Um, I think, honestly, everyone did. I think it's just had people working for them that were black. I think it's just, unfortunately, with the times. Um, but he was kind of adamant on wanting that and just wasn't able to to have that. So... I, I'm, I don't know, but I, for me, the reason I wanted to talk about him watching this play and kind of seeing how much he wanted that, mm-hmm. how much he worked alongside Alexander Hamilton to abolish the slave trade. Again, because Hamilton was from, I think he's from the Croix, whatever, I think that's where he's from. from he's from a Caribbean island where there are black people, where he was seeing black people being carted off to, wherever the fuck they were being carted off to, he worked alongside Alexander Hamilton to have this, you know, abolished. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen in his lifetime. And it's kind of at the end of the play where he's like, you know, which we'll talk more about in a future episode too. I don't want to go too much into the actual play. Right. But he... It does say like tomorrow there will be more of us and it's so like to me when i listen to it i'm like my heart just thinks there will be more of us and we're still there and it's so it just made me want to talk more about him and understand him more and that's kind of why i want to talk about him because i do wonder what would he have achieved if he was if he lived long enough to do so he died very young he was 27 um so it it is like what could you have done and he would have gone so much against his father because his father kind of was the believer of having slaves so it just kind of makes me wonder like where did this come from and i want to understand that but unfortunately obviously we're not going to know um but i really wanted to kind of talk about that but um so like I said, I do want to finish up just because I'm not going to be talking about John Lawrence again in a future episode. This is mm-hmm. it. So I do kind of want to talk about a couple of different things that discredits what the play says. Um, John Lawrence was not at Hamilton's wedding. He was invited. He wasn't there. Um, like I said, he died at 27 years old. Um, and um, we there also is um, how many slaves did Lawrence free? Approximately 260 slaves he freed. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah. That's pretty good. It is. Um, there, We don't know the exact number. That could be less. It could be more. But roughly 260 slaves he saved, he saved. So that's incredible. More than I think a lot of people, especially back then, ever did. Um, so what did Hamilton say when Lawrence died? Um, he said, I feel the deepest affliction at the news we have received of the loss of our dear 
um, friend Lawrence, and he did a lot to try and get him to um, get what he wanted done. He definitely worked on that. And when John, when Alexander Hamilton died, his wife took that on, which we'll talk about in the future. So, but um, right. Um, but yeah, he definitely fought for emancipation, John Lawrence, mm-hmm. which again. Thank you for your service to the black person. And, um, but yeah, that's kind of it that I have on him. Um, again, it's limited history because he died in 1782. Um, wow. and he had a very short life. He was also married. That's another thing I found out too. Mm. He was married and he had a daughter, which is not mentioned in the, in the play. But if you're interested in seeing pictures of him, I will have pictures posted of him. I'll have pictures posted of Revolutionary War as well. Um, we would do a side-by-side of the guy who plays him and, and the actual mm. guy um, that he plays. So, he is a white man. Okay. <laughs> Not Latino. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he so, died a, yeah, he died a young, young age. He did, very young. Very, very young. Oh, I mean, Alexander, yeah. I mean... For the times, it's not a sick middle age, but mm-hmm. when you had your life taken from you because you were killed by British officers, like we don't know how long he would have lived for. But I mean, even Hamilton, he died very young as well. He was, I'm guessing, almost 40. I'm mm-hmm. guessing almost 40. I, I never happened to the math, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing about that almost 40, if maybe 40. Because we're not actually sure of what his birth date is. It might have been either 57 or 55, 1755 or 1757. No, no, for sure. So, um, but, uh, but yeah. So it's my turn, guys. So, uh, so my Black History Month civil rights leader, uh, you guys know who he is, um, Malcolm X. Okay. So, I'm happy I didn't end up. I almost did him. I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> we did him together. It would be would it be a short episode? So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah. So let me give you guys a brief background if you guys already didn't know. Um, so, born in May 19, tw- 1925. Oh wow! Yeah, nineteen twenty five. I felt like he was. Why did I feel like he was born in this nineteen in the seventies? Oh no, I knew he was born in the seventies because he would have had to be around for the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah which yeah. happened in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, true, true. What what what, no, what day uh, on, in May? Sorry, what day in May? Do you know what day? May nineteenth. Okay, May 19th. he's he's yeah. Taurus. He's Taurus like me. Okay, he's two days after me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, born in Omaha. Nebraska, U.S. died in February 21, 1965. So, so oh, wow. That's, that's he was murdered, right? Am I correct on that? Yeah, I believe we'll get to it. Was, let me okay. Let me I think he was. I think, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. New York, New York, uh, nation of islam who articulate concepts of race pride and black nationalism in the early 1960s after his 
assassination, the widespread distribution of his life story, the autobiography of uh, Malcolm X, 1965, made him a hero, especially among black youth. So um, I don't think I read his uh, autobiography. Have you? I have not, but I do know it. it's out there. Yeah, I, I have seen like you know uh, documentaries mm-hmm. and um, you know movies, mm-hmm. and even like you know uh, if you were to watch a series called Harlem Godfather, he's even in there too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you you know the the, the series sounds familiar. So basically, it's a, a prequel of the American Gangster. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I don't think I haven't seen American Gangster. We're totally honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's in there. So uh, also, little fun fact too is that you know, uh, black. Uh, so not Malcolm X was always for you know you know violence versus uh, Martin Luther King. Wait, what? Against it. Was he? Wait, wait. He was for or against it? He was for. I think for? he was more for violence, and then Martin Luther King was against it. See, that's what I've heard about Malcolm X, that he yeah. is maybe a little more problematic. Yeah. Because of the fact that, like, he was for it. Mm-hmm. He kind of, from the, the limited knowledge I have, um, he kind of, I, th- I can't remember exactly the organization, maybe you have the research on it, but there was an organization, um, Islamic or organization, Black Islamic organization, that he kind of, shoved himself into the leader position right yeah um so i've heard some problematic things about about him mm-hmm. um but which yeah. is unfortunate but yeah which is yeah in the early years of and you know convention to like islam uh what were his uh his questions answered malcolm malcolm s born in nebraska while an infant Malcolm moved with his uh, family and to uh, Lansing, uh, Michigan. If I, you know, pronounced that right. I think you did. Okay. So when Malcolm was six years old, his father, Reverend Ern Little, a uh, baptized minister, former supporter of the early Black nationalism leader, Malcolm Gravy. If I pronounce his last name right because i'm not really good at name guy <laughs> uh, died after being hit by a streetcar quite possibly the victim of the murder by whites so like white people you know uh got it so like they may have seen him but they still hit him yes got it. so that's that's what they call white people back in the day whites so <laughs> just yeah. surviving yeah <laughs> The surviving family was uh, so poor that Malcolm's mother, Lucy Little, resorted to uh, cooking uh, dandelion greens from the street to feed her children. After she was committed to an insane asylum in 1939, Malcolm and his siblings were sent to foster home or to live with family members. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of information on, you know, Malcolm X uh, and his background. 
um malcolm x and the nation of islam after his release from prison uh malcolm helped to lead the nation of islam during the period of the greatest uh growth and influence he met elijah muhammad if i you know that's it that's that's the person i'm thinking of okay. yeah okay yeah in chicago in 1952 then began an organized organizing temples for the nation in new york philadelphia and boston and in cities in the south he found sorry my bad funded the uh sorry founded the nation's newspaper muhammad speaks which he printed in the basement of his home mm-hmm. and intended to the practice of requiring every male member of the nation to sell and assign number of newspapers mm-hmm. on the street as a recruiting and fundraising uh technique he also articulated the nation's uh racial help me with this word the d-o-c-t-r-i-n-e-s <laughs> oh god i can never visualize doc, words doc d-o-c-t-r-i-n-e-s doctrines doctrines yeah Okay. I didn't want to pronounce it really wrong or anything like that. My God. Okay. Um, inherent evil of whites and the natural superiority of blacks. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so basically, a fun fact is that you know uh, Malcolm X, after his release, sorry, release from prison. He continued to visit prisoners and inmates. So, um, okay, yeah. And uh, his final years and legacy, basically, Malcolm X in 1964 and 1963 were uh, deep tensions between Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad over the yes. political direction of the nation. Malcolm urged that the nation become more active in the uh, widespread civil rights protests. Instead Mm -hmm. of just being a critic Mm -hmm. on the sidelines, Muhammad's violation of moral code of the nation further worsened his relations with Malcolm, who was devastated when he learned that uh, Muhammad had uh, fathered children by six of his personal uh two of whom filed uh parental suits and made the issue public so wait so to still i have understanding malcolm x had an issue because elijah muhammad fathered children with six women were like what was the issue here like what did he have an issue with I think he was he not allowed to have children? I think yeah, yeah, Pro- uh, yeah. I, I was think- he unmarried? That's the question. Maybe I'm asking. Maybe I'm asking the wrong question. Was he married to someone or one of these people or all of these people? I don't know because Islam does believe in um, polygamy. So 
were he was he married? Uh, or was he just? I, I don't think he was married. It sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. with that in mind, then if he mm-hmm. wasn't married, maybe Malcolm had the issue because in Islamic faith you're not allowed to have premarital sex. I mean, that's the same with a lot of religions, mm-hmm. but um, you're not allowed to have premarital sex. Um, you have to be married before you can have sex. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. that's why he was that's upset. Um, yeah. I don't know if he was upset, if maybe some of these women were white. I, I don't know. Um, but maybe, maybe that's... Maybe it's all of the above. Maybe it's one or the other. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say here that he okay. married. But I'm thinking like having six children. But it's, I don't think that it could happen. Six, six. Oh, of children. course. That's that's why I'm saying like was he like, was he a polygamist? Because that can definitely mm-hmm. happen if he mm-hmm. was polygamist. Um, My question is that it even allowed if you if you are trying to convert to Islam. Uh, what? What's not allowed? Like having six children by. Uh, if 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 he was a polygamist, then I don't see what the issue is, because okay. is is in Islamic faith, a man can have multiple wives if he so chooses. Right. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, my guess is that yeah, he probably had different types of women. Yeah, but it's just a matter of was that the case here? Or was he just, you know, well, having his fun? Why would you be upset with a man, you know? That's why I was confused. I'm like, is he upset because he wasn't married? Was he upset mm-hmm. because some were white or something? Like what with with the civil rights movement being what it was, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. That's why I was confused. I'm like, why is he upset? Yeah. Is he upset that he didn't have sex with women? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't think so. Don't Malcolm think X was a good looking man. I think he had no issues yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but like he I don't think he would be upset because he didn't have six children. That, yeah, I mean, that, I don't uh, think most men strive. To have, well, I think some men do strive to maybe have as many kids as possible. Yeah, I mean, unless you have, oh. unless you have money. Yeah, but yeah. If um, you're Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, uh, it doesn't say that it's because of the whites. I'm just wondering if it was just. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I'm mostly. I think is he was basically unmarried and. Okay. From different women, and okay. Which, that's a good yeah. reason. To, that's a good more for good reason to be mad of him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, where was I? So Malcolm brought an additional bad publicity to the nation when he declared publicly that President John F. Kennedy assassination was an example of chickens coming home to roost. Meaning what? What is he trying to say there? I, I really don't know. Like, is that a negative thing that he's trying to say? Possibly might be a negative thing that he's probably trying to say. Okay, but, but here's here's the issue that I have again with, with, with Malcolm X. I'm not saying John Kennedy was perfect. He wasn't. He was, at the end of the day, still a white man. But he, he was all about the civil rights movement. He supported the civil rights movement, which was why that freaking crazy man can't remember his name right now sorry guys that's why he killed him he was targeting him and he shot and killed him shot him in the head and killed him in front of his wife like 
if you see, I don't know if you've seen the video of John F. Kennedy being shot. It is mm-hmm. one of the most disturbing things I think I've ever seen. And it's, it's something like I'm literally seeing it in my head right now. It's one of the most disturbing things. So he, the- you literally see him sitting and then he's, 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 his, he, his whole body just shoots back. Mm. And it's because it, they were in the car, right? Um, right. So it, it's just like, I, I have an issue with that because of what John F. Kennedy stood for. Um, like, he mm. was, that's that's why he was killed by someone who probably was a Republican, <laughs> let's be real here, and had an issue with what John, John F. Kennedy stood for. Right. Like, I have issue with that. So but anyway, I I heard the saying before, like children come home to roost. It's right? I think in this case it's a negative connotation. Yeah, you're. So the meaning or the expression of it is, your chickens come home to roost. For a chicken, to roost means to settle down for the rest or sleep for us. However, mm-hmm. the expression is not at all restful. When mm-hmm. our chickens come home to roost, it means our past mistakes or wrongdoings have come back to cause us problems. Okay, so then what is... Okay, so I don't know a lot about John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is someone we can talk about um, in a future episode. But my understanding of John F. Kennedy, um, from what I've seen and what I've read, I, I mean, I, I don't know how far you are in the crown, but he does show up in the crown. Well, he shows up in the first like couple seasons, I think, of The Crown. So you've probably seen that. And from my understanding of John F. Kennedy was kind of like, okay, he had a bit of a drug problem because he had injuries. And he, the doctors administrating his, his medication were overdoing it, just to put it lightly. Mm. He was cheating on his wife pretty oh, openly, he, honestly. I mean, yeah. he, what president didn't? <laughs> like, yeah, except, for, well, yeah. except for Obama. Obama never cheated on Michelle. No, I, I, I can't. I highly doubt that. No. Highly doubt that. Yeah. Michelle um, would have wrote like a, a, a tell all, see all book or something like that to no, expose um, Obama. But, my understanding of Obama, he loves and adores his wife. I don't think he ever would. Yeah, I know. There. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Go ahead. But yes, he had a lot of issues within his personal life. That could have definitely, especially with the drugs, could have altered his decision making as the president of the, of the United States. Mm-hmm. But I am still confused when he was an ally to the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Uh, like, what is Malcolm X trying to say here? Like, that kind of lends back into the he is for the violence. Even if that violence means killing a man, yeah, in front of his wife, it. yep. At the end of the day, he was a married man with children, and he was killed in front of not only his wife but thousands of people. It come on, that's not okay at all. And who who was his who the vice president was was what Lyndon B. Johnson? Yellow, he wasn't much better. <laughs> he was actually worse. So I, I just, I, uh, okay. Anyways, yeah. continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So back to, let me see. Malcolm brought additional bad publicity um, to the nation when he declared 
publicly sorry my bad publicly mm-hmm. that uh president john f kennedy assassination was an example it, like i said chicken come home to roost mm-hmm. a violent society suffering um consequences of violence um in response to the outrage this statement provoked elijah muhammad ordered um malcolm to observe a 90-day period of silence and the break between the two leaders became permanent mm-hmm. so um yeah um that's basically my uh civil rights leader yeah i mean yeah i feel like just with everything that has kind of i feel like in today's generation like obviously the gen z's can be problematic or whatever but i think in today's generation it kind of they kind of are the reason that they've gone back and kind of said okay yeah everyone was like malcolm x you know (laughs) look at the history of Malcolm X and you might think different there's mm-hmm. no question that he he shaped the civil rights movement oh yeah he, he and, impacted and a good, it yeah. yeah but I think the question is did he impact it in a good way or a bad way I don't know I mean if you were all, all for violence and you then know, he impacted in a good do way nothing, yeah then you then you yeah, yeah. then he impacted that type mm-hmm. of crowd in my honest opinion. opinion, he did not impact it in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, if you were like a Black Panther, then maybe like that would have been like, you know, he's kind of it for you. But I think mm-hmm. even the Black Panthers, like they, yes, would use violence if needed. But I think like it wasn't like always violence to them, but I could be wrong yeah. there. Um but, I mean, I think for Black Panthers, I think Malcolm X was perfect um, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, rest in peace to uh, Malcolm X. Uh, he, like I said, he's he been died in for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he died February 21st, mm-hmm. 1965, which, which should be a few days for his oh, anniversary. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Wow, he died during Black History Month. Yep. Let that sink in a little bit. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, my mom wasn't even alive yet. My mom, not long after, but mm-hmm. so long ago. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. yep, that's the legacy of Malcolm X. Yeah. All right, so my last... You're kind of getting a two for one with mine. Um, and mine kind of has a sad ending as well, unfortunately. I think, unfortunately, when it comes to civil rights leaders, a lot of them end in a, in a sad way. Um, but here we go. So, Harry T. and Harriet Moore, right off the bat, were murdered on Christmas Day. Um, when a bomb set by the Klan blew up their home in um, Mims, Florida. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go more into that, let's talk about what they did to kind of shape it. Um, I would say that Harriet was a little, a little less in shaping it, but still nonetheless, what she did still like made i think an impact and 
helping with educating children because she was a teacher. Um, and um, both were um, civil rights activists. So hearing more, um, while we're kind of talking about this first, he died on the way to the hospital um, and Harriet died nine days after. And they left behind two daughters, Eveline and Annie Rosala. Rosalie? Rosalie. It's Rosalie. Anyway, back in the 1930s, Harry and Harriet Moore began organizing for the NAACP in Central Florida. They launched a legal struggle that eventually won equal pay for black and white teachers. In 1941, Harry became president and later executive director of the Florida State NAACP. Under their leadership, the NAACP eventually grew to more than 10,000 members and more than 60 branches across the state. In 1944, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall won Smith versus Allwright in the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled that all white primary elections are unconstitutional. So the reason why I say this is because with this ruling, it kind of shapes also what I believe Harry um, kind of did going forward. So with blacks now allowed to vote in the real elections, the Moors organized the Progressive Voters League of Florida and Harry became its president. Florida's voter registration procedures were not as restrictive as those of neighboring Georgia and Alabama, which, yep. And within a few years, the Moors managed to register over 100,000 Black voters, increasing Black registration from 5% to 31% of those eligible. Oh, wow. I know. Their slogan was, quote, a voteless citizen is a voiceless citizen. So, Mm. for years... Harry traveled Florida's muddy back roads and poorly paved highways, building the NAACP, helping Blacks register and organizing the Voters League. Harriet Moore was a sixth grade teacher at George Washington Public School. Um, One of her students, which is named, I think it's Paige Wadley Bailey, shares a memory of her classroom in 1951 so she was um or he or she i'm not sure they were um her student in 1951 so they say mrs moore did not complain or express outrage at having to teach us from old tattered textbooks passed down to us from white schools because remember that's how it would be whatever textbooks were now just not pretty enough for the white people got passed down to black schools um What she did do was teach us primarily from the few boxes of her own private books, which she kept hidden under her desk. Her books were about African-American people who had made important contributions to the world. People like W.E.B. Dubois and Mary McLeod Buffane. Mrs. Moore taught us about the freedom fighters Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. I've don't i never probably butchered the name i've never heard of them um but she read stories as by zora neale hurston and poems by langston hughes and she shared her ebony magazine articles about black history this learning was deep and personal 
It was important because it was about people like us and what and it was secret. She didn't have to tell us not to tell anyone about these books. We knew they were dangerous when she appointed one of us to be lookout, a lookout person at the window. So if the superintendent um, of schools came on one of his unannounced inspections, he wouldn't catch us using them. So I'm assuming this person would have been white. These books, mm. their physical existence and the stories they told taught us taught me more about unspoken truth, secrets, and lies. So that's the thing too. Like I think like with white people, and again, they lived in Florida. Florida is the South. Florida's problematic in many other ways, but nonetheless it's the South. And right. I think if from my understanding too of the so like of white people and you know they have the fear that black people could be more powerful than them. So they're not allowed to educate themselves on the, the histories and the past and the people who have tried to shape what it is today. They were afraid of us in the end of the day. And that's why they weren't allowed to do these things, to learn these things. And I think, unfortunately, I want to say this, not much has changed in terms of learning black history. And I think right. we need to talk about this in a past episode. Not much has changed with this. We're still not teaching our children enough about black history. And yes, that's kind of sad to kind of see like in 1951, this is what it was like because it had to be this way. But in 2023, mm. it doesn't have to be this way. And we still haven't change that interesting to me i think the edge my bad i think the educational system needs to invest into you know uh more history other than than the one-sided history that we've been taught like you know uh no offense to chris columbus no offense to no no no. uh, we can offend chris columbus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can and we can yeah. it's fine well because of his history of killing uh, it, mm-hmm. indigenous so mm-hmm. but we can but like, uh, and what what else history world wars like over yeah. and over again and but here's you know, what i'll say about that is i'm not saying we should diminish those things either we yeah. should be talking about the world wars we should be talking especially world war ii because with World War II comes the Holocaust. Those are things that we should definitely should be talking about. We should not be yes. just, you know, eliminating those things. Yeah. What I am saying is, where does Black history fit into that? We need to fit that in. Um, well, it's It's been... And it should be a part of the regular curriculum. Months. You know, kind of like in high school, we have the mm-hmm. option if you wanted to learn American history. But I think... You know, I didn't do it. I wanted to, but I didn't do it. Right. And very few people did. Mm. So I feel like something like Black History should just be a part of the regular curriculum, whether mm. that is in elementary school, if you mainly do it in high school, I don't know. We have, Here in Canada, you have two years of history, grade nine, you have grade 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, actually, I'm wrong. It's just grade 10, right? It's not two years. It's just grade 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. We had geography in grade nine, history in grade ten, and I know this for a fact. I had the same change? teacher. 
No, has that changed? Think, I don't think so. I don't think okay, so. Let me just do my research. Well, you going. do your research, but I, from my, when we were in school, anyways, it was one year of history, and it was in grade ten. You didn't have to do it again after that, and there's only so much you can fit in a semester. So whatever week, how many weeks that is, twelve weeks or whatever, there's only so much you can fit in a semester. But where do we fit in? <laughs> but um, while you're yeah, did you? Yeah, when it comes to Black History, it should be a regular thing, and it mm-hmm. shouldn't just be one month, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my knowledge of Black History, I did a Black History course in college, and that was when I had my knowledge. That's when my my once I had that knowledge, I was like, oh, I think very differently now. But again, there's only so much you can fit in a semester, even at college. Like, and I think college semesters are even shorter than high school semesters. So it's this like, there's only so much you can fit um, in that. So, you know. Yeah, um, it, has, it, it has changed since then. It has so. changed. Okay. Yeah, it has changed. Okay, good. That's, that's good. So, but anyway yeah go ahead so in addition to voter registration and education the more investigated lynchings as well so mm-hmm. in 1949 this is this is a little targeting this made me angry when i read was reading this in 1949 four young black men groveland four is the men um were accused of raping a white girl in lake county near orlando at the time, it was a clan stronghold. Um, so, um, this is a, a tale as old as, as time, I think. Um, later evidence indicates that the 17-year-old girl had been beaten by her husband, so she was 17 years old and married, y'all. Take that as you may. Um, wow. And that they, yeah, and that her and her husband concocted um, a phony rape story to conceal the beating from her parents because her parents were this close to fucking him up. <laughs> they knew he knew that. So he's like, hmm, we're in a time where if black men rape women, they could kilt. So let's do that. This fucking guy. Anyways. So yeah, like her parents, like I think her father legitimately threatened to shoot the man if he did it again. If he, because I think they knew he was being abusive. And her mm-hmm. father, like, said, if you do it again, I'm gonna kill you. So he's like, I'm gonna die. So let's kill some black men instead, basically. Um, so Charles Greenlee, 16, and war veterans Sam Shepard and Walter Irvin, so I'm assuming these are the black boys, were arrested mm-hmm. for the supposed rape. The fourth man, Ernest Thomas, managed to flee, but was gunned down by a sheriff's posse a few days later. A mob of more than 500 white men assembled to lynch the remaining three. When they couldn't locate the prisoners, they formed a caravan of 200 cars and descended. Um, where am I? Sorry, I lost my voice. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Descended um, to the black neighborhood of Groveland, where the families of the accused men lived. So, what did they do? They shot into homes and set some on fire. The Florida governor sent the National Guard to restore order, so at least they did something. 
thank you for doing something because this is how it was and this was actually i think i saw this in a movie once too this is what they would do you police officers i don't trust your ability so we're mm-hmm. going to take law into our own hands that's basically what they would do and they would try to smuggle prisoners out of prison in wow. order to do what they had to do this is this was a normal thing this is not new <laughs> this was horrible um yeah so willis mccall the sheriff of lake county this fucking guy was notorious for his brutality against blacks year after year he was re-elected with the support of the citrus growers who he supplied with cheap chain gang prison labor at harvest time by arresting blacks on trumpled up charges for minor crimes so basically let me just put this in layman's terms he mm. was creating his own slave trade i'm gonna arrest anybody that i can arrest no matter what the hell they did they could have stolen mm. candy out of a convenience store i'm gonna arrest uh. them and i'm going to give you cheap labors because for the prisoners this is what he would do um he also chased any and all union organizer out of the count out of the country or sorry the county um so that's what he would do um the moors discovered that while in mccall's custody the three Gulfland defendants were brutally beaten and made to stand on broken glass with their hands roped to a pipe over their heads. Despite this torture, they refused to confess to a crime they did not commit. Unable to force a confession, McCall's du- uh, deputies manufactured enough phony evidence to convince an all-white jury of, their, of the crime. Because again... Oh. A jury of your peers but blacks weren't allowed to be on the jury so how is that a jury of your peers mm. so um shepherd and Irvin were sentenced to death okay 16 year old greenland greens or greenlee was sentenced to prison um greenlee chose not to appeal out of fear that a new trial would result in a death sentence Franklin Williams, Shepard and Irvin's NAACP attorney, appealed their conviction and it was overturned by the Supreme Court in 1951. So those are the two boys Mm. that were sentenced to death. So let's talk a little more about this fucking deputy. I'm so mad. When I read this, I was so mad. In November of 1951, (laughs) Sheriff McCall removed the two men from prison but while driving them to Lake County for their new trial, he shot them. He wow. shot them, killing Shepard and severely wounding Irvin. He claims that, oh wait, he claims that even though these two men who were handcuffed attacked him and tried to escape, so he had to defend himself and shoot handcuffed boys. So what? So was he? Was he lying? Was, oh, of course he, he was lying. He lied? Okay. Oh, of course yeah, he was lying. lying. Of course he figured was. Figured that he was lying. Yeah. Oh, 100% he was lying. Um, Just to cover himself. Yes, and, the, and, and it worked, because let's continue. When Irvin mm-hmm. recovered enough to speak, he described how McCall pulled his car off the road, dragged the two men out, and began firing. So it was like execution-style type situation. 
The Moors demanded that McCall be suspended from office, that's too fucking good, and indicated for, in, sorry, indicted for murder. But guess what, guys? Mm. Again, something that we see today. No charges were ever brought against McCall. So nothing happened to him. The, right. I was, I'm going to say this, and this might, but I think like this should be understood. I was actually surprised that the police officers who killed George Floyd actually were indicted for murder. Like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that, that actually happened. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Update. The main guy, I can't remember his name because who cares? The main guy, he got beaten in prison. He's still alive, though. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did. He, he got beaten in prison for um, killing George Floyd. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised because he's been in solitary, so that's why it hadn't happened earlier. But now he's in general pop. He's in gen pop now. And he got like attacked. Like, and I said, oh well. I don't care. I per- Maybe this sounds bad, but I don't care. I don't care. When you're stepping on someone's neck for seven minutes and he's telling you he can't breathe, I don't care what happens to you. So the cop's name that killed George Floyd, his name is Derek Chavan. Yeah, so, who cares? So I need you guys know. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just letting the folks know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but he deserves everything that was coming to him. Anyways, Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure what happened with the others. I think there, there was there was four of them. Right? Or four, three or four of them, I can't remember. I think it was four though. There was an Asian guy, there was a black guy too. There was him. And I think there was another one, but I can't remember. Anyway. In jail. I'm, good. I'm good. Yeah, they're all in jail. So I mean, I don't think the say. others would have gotten like life or whatever because they didn't actually do the act. But I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe they did because they kind of didn't stop him, right? Yeah, they should have done. Well, that's I don't story, understand. Right? They should have done something. They should have. Those guys just just like you know sat there and watched that man just kill another black man. Come on. I mean, exactly. You had a chance to release your foot off of his neck any point before you hit that seventh minute. It takes seven minutes to strangle a person. It doesn't just happen. You had the intent to keep your foot on his neck for seven minutes. That's, in- I'm sorry, that's, in- that. <sighs> if he was in charge of the first degree, I don't know what more you need. Because you had every chance to release your foot off of him, and you didn't. Yeah, and that's besides po- that's, yeah. that's besides the fact of George Floyd literally telling you, "I cannot breathe." That is, for yeah. even take that aside for a minute, seven minutes. Yep, I can't even imagine. And. Uh, so the so just to add insult to injury, the police officers got way less than mm. Derek. Way like how way less? One of the one of the police officers, Alexander, uh, I think it's Kong. I think that's the King? Asian one. He was a little. No, no, it's not. You know, it's that's not him. Not, okay, he's he's like a little bit like you know mixed, mm-hmm. but like he got three and a half years. Mm. Yeah, you got sentenced three and a half years. Let me just come back for the other guy. Let me see. Three. I mean, at the end of the day, like their lives yeah. are still ruined. 
like yeah, they lost yeah, their jobs yeah. they've lost their pensions yep. it's yep. you know but um so it's still not enough yeah yeah so i have i don't know about the other guys maybe but some yeah. of them are still ongoing too it's only it's only been not even four years yet but the articles are from 2022 but like Mm, that makes sense ongoing yeah i think it's i think some of them probably still ongoing because i do remember those two were sentenced pretty soon after like within a couple years but Mm -hmm. these things can go on for a long time it's like i said hasn't even been four years yet we're reaching the four-year mark so wow it's been that wow yeah 2020 may 2020 Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. okay, so back to this. So, with the mob attack on Groveland um, and the original rape trial and the successful appeal and the shootings, just kind of fanning the flames of racism, Harry Moore was called the most hated black man in Florida. His mother, this is this. This part is eerie, and I remember actually listening to this here in this when I listened to the podcast that brought them to my attention. Um, his mother was visiting for the holidays. This the the year they died. They were she was visiting for the holidays, and she voiced her concerns for their safety. And Harry told her, "Every advancement comes by way of sacrifice." What I am doing is for the benefit of my race. Now, I don't know how soon before this was told to them, before they had been brutally murdered, but um, I always thought that was very eerie um, mm. for, her, for his mother to say that. Um, so, late in the night on Christmas Eve, 1951, a bomb exploded under Harry and Harriet's bed. Another bedroom, sorry. So it was very strategically placed under their bedroom. Wow. As mentioned earlier on, he died on the way to the hospital and she died of her injuries um, nine days later. And she left behind her, they both left behind their two daughters. um, And from my understanding too, um, one of their daughters, I think it was Eveline, has been um, very vocal. I don't know um, at this point how old she would be, but she was very vocal on um, getting justice for her parents um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, they were brutal, brutally murdered by the KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to love bombs, I'll tell you that. And um, that comes back um, when we do our next or our episode next week um and how much they love moms so <laughs> but that's uh that's it awesome. that's that's my those are my people all right huh interesting yeah interesting uh civil rights leaders that we picked out uh today so yeah um, and i think too that i want to mention not that they care, and it doesn't stop the KKK from killing children. Because again, right. as I am saying here, I'm probably giving this away now. Who I'm gonna, what I'm gonna talk about next week? They have no issues killing children. Um, that mm-hmm. doesn't stop them. Um, so, but I just I always think of the fact like their children were in that house. 
And yet, you just set this bomb and think, oh, well, you know, less black people to worry about, I guess. You know, it's just, it's sick. Yeah. And I think his mom was actually in the house, too, from my understanding. I, it's not mentioned in the, in the article, but I'm pretty sure his mom was in the house, too. So it's just like, but I think she was in the children's room. So it's just like, mm-hmm. it, these uh, like you said earlier, like this is what they called white people. They called them whites, and I'm like, I, I didn't say it then, but I'm gonna say it now. Yeah, sure, we might have called them whites back in the day, but they called us worse. So it's just, it's just like these. Right. What life was like for us back then? It's just, I can't. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Definitely crazy. Um. So. <sighs> So if we didn't do like the greatest job um, uh, giving you enough information about these civil right leaders, go do your research on, you know, Google or, mm-hmm. you know, history, you know, um, dot org. Yeah. You know. And the, the podcast that I had originally heard that talked right. about Harry and Harriet Moore I might be wrong on this, but I believe it was a podcast podcast. Mm. So if you were to search their names and put podcast like in Spotify or something, mm. you might get that episode. Right. Um, that's right. where I first discovered them. Mm. Um, and they're a little more podcast is a lot more informational than they are, you know, um mm. like putting comedy or something in it which you can get comedy um true crime podcast which i do listen to but that's a lot more informational so if you do want to have a little more information that you want to listen to a podcast definitely put in harry t and harriet more podcast and spotify it should come up hopefully okay or you can go to your your barnes or noble in america and you know, buy a book of these uh, civil rights leaders, or you or can also you can to, get it online. That too, <laughs> or, or you can go to a library. You know, cheaper. There might know. be an Audible book or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you, in Canada, we have chapters as well. Mm-hmm. You can buy it there too. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Just like it, there's a lot of information about the civil rights leaders. Like I said, if we if we didn't do a great job. Um, just do your research and, and there's so much more guys. there's so yes. many more people out there which is why yes. I wanted to talk about Harry and Harriet because they are not like the Malcolm X's or the mm-hmm. Martin the Luther Mar- King's of uh, the civil rights right they're not those people that are so well known and not to discredit Rosa Parks or any of the mm-hmm. other people they everyone had a hand in what we have today but that's why I want to talk about them because they're not as, I think, as out there as the others are. So, yeah. 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 I agree. So, this ends episode 19 of our special, special Black History Month theme episode of the next tape podcast the next tape podcast is available now on all podcast platforms we also have a website called soul.to slash nest tape 
Podcast and Tanika, where else are we at? So we are also on Facebook and Instagram at Next Take Podcast, TikTok. Um, what's the other one? I know there's another one, and it's like Twitter <laughs> at Next Take Pod. Um, and there you'll get like the episode links, any pictures, which we will have. I will, at least I will, anyways. We'll have pictures of. Um, John Lawrence and and also the person who played John Lawrence in Hamilton. So you can do side by side. Um, and I also have pictures of Harry and Harriet Tubman and also a picture of, with like their kids too, as well as a picture of the house after the bombing. I think that's important as well. Um, so we'll have pictures like that and we do our clips. Mm-hmm. Everything will is on uh, our socials as well there. Okay. Okay. All right. We also have an email. Contact us at MikhailTanika at gmail.com. And yeah. Uh, so what are we doing uh, next week? Okay. So, like, so what's, what's the theme? Trigger warning right ahead of the, the jump. We are going to be talking about um, the deaths that shaped the civil rights movement and I also think just the deaths that shape even the Black Lives Movement, we can even go there too. Um, so I think what we have decided on is that I'm going to do more of the civil rights type shaping murders that happened. Um, actually, I think we can talk, at least for me, because I know what I'm talking about. Um, I am going to talk about Emmett Till. And I'm also going to talk about, I believe it's in Alabama. I could be wrong with exactly where it is, but there was a bombing from the Ku Klux Klan. It was a bombing of a church um, that killed a lot of young girls. So I will be talking about that as well. And I know we decided for you, you might do more recent stuff. Um, I think those are important as well. Whatever you choose to do, I don't know what you're choosing to do there. Probably not sure. But I'm, I'm probably going to choose something. So yeah, <laughs> it's a surprise. Surprise! I want to. Yeah, I, I'm putting it all out there because I, you know, I, I do want to say because both of those, the ones I'm doing, are brutal. I am also mm-hmm. going to post pictures of Emmett Till because that is what his mom did. I think mm-hmm. that Kent, those images should not be forgotten. It's hard to look at, but I don't think those images should be forgotten. Um, so I am going to be posting those. That's going to be brutal. So I think like that's why I want to say mine up front because mm-hmm. I mean, I will not even mince when I first heard about these two uh, murders, these two events. I was crying in my Black History Month class. I never heard them before. And I, I, I will tell you right now, I have never forgotten the name Emmett Till since then. All right. Maybe maybe we can talk about like uh, George Floyd on the next one as well. Yeah, I think we it. should. I think we should. So that's that's why I want to. I have another idea for you as well. Um, yeah. That I I'll we can talk about off the air, but okay. I I have another idea. I think I if you want to, you can choose what you want to do. But I think we should talk about as well. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So that's it for you know the civil rights leader episode. Uh, so I'm Mikkel and, and I'm Tanika and we are out until next week 